Hello, everyone. This is Phil Howard, your host of Technology with a Beard Extravaganza. Today, we are very fortunate to have with us Felix Gorovodsky. Felix is an IT advisor, currently IT manager at Centage. We had a really interesting conversation the other day. It made me want to have you on the show. It revolves around the topic of companies valuing really valuing IT and it there's kind of this I guess you'd say paradigm shift happening in the marketplace right now which should have happened a long time of long time ago where people are all of a sudden saying wait a second our IT staff is is no longer a utility it's it's actually a a part of the business that actually drives revenue it's it's so massively important and me working with IT directors on a daily basis, I'm helping them sell ideas to upper management a lot of times. And it becomes a team effort to sometimes just sell an idea like security, which we all know is so important with, especially with the the Equifax breach recently. Why don't we just start this way? Give a little bit of a background on yourself. You know, how'd you get where you are? And I'm, I'm gonna let you lead off with that. Give me a story. All right. Well, um, well, my story is very interesting. It's unique. Um, I find it in communicating and talking with other colleagues in the industry. I know it's something different. Uh, my background comes back. I'm a first-generation Russian-American immigrant, uh, uh, childhood immigrants who came from the previous Soviet Union to America for um, religious prosecution and for a new way of life. Um, so that, so I being born an American citizen to a Russian cultured family and pushing hard to have what I have. I went to a trade school for high school, learned about technology back in the early 2000s. Uh, My dad was an electrical engineer back in the Soviet Union. So that's really where my passion for IT and the hardware aspect came in place. Then going into uh, university and studying my undergrad level to my graduate level, all within the IT aspect all at the same time owning my own IT consulting business and working um, contract and part-time gigs here and there to get my experience and my knowledge. And throughout the time, I've definitely seen a lot of issues that need to be addressed uh, at this point in time. Nice. A lot of people start, it's, uh, I was one of the first kids to have a computer. I was, you know, even me, I was a creative writing major in college, but in high school, I mean, I had a 386, and my friend in you know across from me, I actually went to boarding school. My friend in the room next to me also had a computer, and he's he said to me, Phil, you know, we should put in some network cards and drill a hole in the wall, and we can network our computers. And I said, What the heck is a network? And yeah. you, you know, it was like you used to have to type in Win, you know, dot exe to load Windows, and you you couldn't have multiple programs running at one time. So that's you know, I learned a lot from him and, you know, fast forward, however many years later, you've got a creative writing major who works in technology. So. Huge paradigm so shift there. Yeah. So, well, actually it's interesting how both of them go hand in hand. And I think part of that is why we're having this conversation today was just how do we translate and form IT managers into business owners as well. But that's another subject uh, that we can go into depth, go into you know, for, for quite a while, but you're also writing a book. What, what's the book about? What, what's all that? What, give me a little bit about the book. 
so my book um, currently um, is being uh, hopefully all put together and published around August of this year or earlier. Um, in the book itself, um, it's titled IT and Business. Um, the main aspect of this book is to help bridge that gap between IT and the business and the business realm. So you're talking between the IT professionals and the C-levels, the executives. And to talk about that gap that I know myself and Phil, we've talked about it previously, but uh, we've seen it on our LinkedIn uh, conversation going further and further, is that gap of knowledge and the understanding that IT is a value asset to the company, meaning it's not just a drain for revenue, for uh, for expenses, it's actually a revenue stream as well. So coming to understand that IT is actually going to help your business grow, it's going to help increase your revenue. And there are so many little aspects that the current management structure doesn't understand what IT means because we're still we're still uh, our our current management system is still tailored to the 1920s and 1930s. It's the old industrial style, and it's not ready to grow with how fast technology itself has grown. And we can definitely see that within the past five years, how technology has turned from from the, the idea of cryptocurrency to the way of security to um, and security itself, ransomware attacks, but how all of that affects the bottom line of the business. So I know you're dealing with a lot of various different compliance issues getting employees to buy into compliance issues, which I'm, I'm sure is mm -hmm. the same for many, many people. Uh, I've, you know, I've got a lot of people outside of the United States that are commenting, uh, even on LinkedIn, talking about how the United States does not have strict enough policies, does not have strict enough compliancy. Give me, I mean, what's some of the, just like in the real work life experience, even that you're experiencing right now, what are some of the compliance issue, issues that you're dealing with? Well, right now, I could definitely say um, just adhering to properly to SOX and to WISP compliancy and even PCI compliancy with the data that's being held. Um, obviously, I know internally that everything's locked down, but it's getting that end user training and getting the end users to understand what does it mean. They think, okay, since our environment's locked up and it's controlled, we're compliant. No, there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of business continuity that goes behind it and the auditing trail, the, the documentation the regulations, the change management, all of that that goes into managing the IT infrastructure needs to be done in order for you to have that certified logo saying you are SOC compliant or you are ISO compliant or you're GDPR compliant. And with all the new changing regulations, especially right now with definitely in Europe, in the next several months, the, um, GDPR, um, GDPR is going to be hitting very hard and the fees are going to be ridiculous if you can't pass the audit. So. Uh. The IT professionals have to be have to see this midnight reading to understand what they have to do to train their end users and get the business owners um, on board to understand this needs to be done or we're going to see huge consequences. I'm thinking we might have a. I'm thinking you know we have a business we can start up right here. It's not going to be the health inspector. It's going to be the the PCI compliant inspector. We're just going to pop in for uh, I don't know like like secret shoppers. We're just going to pop, pop in the thing around, her. you know what? And if they let us in and let us check right away, we're going to say failure number one, <laughs> because honestly, the human error is a huge hole for 
most people to get into an organization, especially so email, phishing attacks, et cetera. So one of the hugest things I've seen as an adjunct professor at Endicott College teaching IT security courses, one of the biggest things I've always loved to do is test my students uh, towards the end of their end of the course. And I have one of my very good close colleagues, he chats up the students to see how much information he can get from them doing social engineering attacks in a real world environment. Um, and you would be shocked at the number of students or number of professionals that are in their early 20s to late 30s. Um, that are willing to give up the information if they have one or two drinks in them. Um, and that's and that there's just its own security risk. You find out the office, you find out the passcode to that pin to the four digit pin on the door to the to get in. You can go in the middle of the night and get into the office and you're taking computers, you're taking hardware, or the aspect that you found out that Jenny in accounting is still using the same password she uses for her Gmail. Um, you can you can easily if you can get into her Gmail, you can get into her corporate accounts. So it's it's coming down to all the policies and management and understanding are you are you doing enough as the IT professional to train your users? And Phil, you could probably guess with me, you've gone to IT conferences, right? Yep. Have you ever gotten a free thumb drive? Absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever that formatted that thumb drive? Have you ever formatted that thumb drive before actually plug it into your laptop? Probably not. Who knows that I've seen, I've been to places, I've been to a conference and I got a thumb drive that had a, uh, some malware on it. No way. So you have to be careful. Like when you're getting freebies, like have you That's ever like received a Bitcoin free picture. In the mail? That's like that Bitcoin yeah. thumb drive picture that I've seen flowing around. Yeah. 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 Have I ever gotten one? It, uh, have you ever gotten a free pen in the mail from like, um, a reputable company or something like that. Um, it's like a nice, it's, not, it's like a nice cross pen that's all metal. A lot of people just start using it, but they never open it up. I've seen there are some, I've seen some floating around um, that have a built-in microchip that um, will record um, everything you write and say, and it'll huh. upload in a burst in the middle. At will upload as long as it gets onto an open Wi-Fi signal, like, and for example, Xfinity Wi-Fi. Mm, that's real deep. That's funny because so, uh, you remind me of a of a sales an old sales trick, where, and I was I was talking about this the other day, one of one of my sales coaches used to video himself in the office like if they were having a hard time getting past a gatekeeper at like a huge enterprise company and they wanted to get and get a hold of the CFO or the CEO they used to video themselves talking, right to this. Uh, you know, to this prospect, and then they would upload it to a, a frame, like a video frame that you'd get on Amazon, and, mm -hmm. you know, send it to him in the mail, along with, you know, his favorite, whatever, they they would research him and get on Facebook, they'd find out whether he got a new car, they'd find out something about him that he really liked, send him a gift in the mail with that picture frame, and you can just see in every time it, it worked, the guy would call him and be like, Hey, thank you very much. This is awesome. Yeah. I'd love to talk with you guys. So I, I can see something like this happening very, very easily. And it's a new venture that, um, that isn't really known that much on the market uh, for security. It's something people think it's um, science fiction, but it really isn't. It's the same way that if we look, uh, I, I won't go down the rabbit hole, but I will mention it. If we look back at cryptocurrency back in what 2007, 2008, everybody thought it was just uh, this this little thing, and those people who invested into it made 
millions off of it and now now look at the value of it so definitely if you think it's possible it is possible this is what happens this is how real entrepreneurs think they think outside the box turn the tables a little bit so now you see this you live it's very clear to you a lot of this stuff right you have your passion Mm -hmm. you have your desires you wake up every morning and and this is what drives you and but a lot of people you know, they're all the same way. If you're, if you're in technology, you're in technology because you love it. You're not in technology because you thought, you know, this seems like a good idea. Although actually there, there probably are a lot of people that think that because they think it's, you know, the way to go of the future. But I would say it's the majority of people that have an IT director position or higher at a company have a similar story of growing up loving IT. There's going to be something there that got them involved in it. Now, However, I, I agree with that 100%. They've got to come into work at Hot Dog Sales Incorporated, and they've got to run the <laughs> entire network. They've got to deal with um, user-based password resets. They've got to run a help desk. They've got to hire people, train people. They've got to deal with all these security issues. They might have to deal with the phone system. They might have to deal with um, an ISP uh, internet service provider going down. They may have to deal with a wide area network, multiple locations. And a lot of these guys, they may be drinking from the fire hose on a daily basis. And the whole passion and the reason why they got involved to begin with seems to quickly get drained out of them. Would you say that's a fair statement? That is an extremely fair statement because um, I've seen it happen to myself at a few companies to I've seen it happen to my colleagues. Um, it happens over time, but it's also you have to be very conscious in the IT realm of your own mental health um, to not overdo it and to realize that not everything's in your control. Um, but that also comes down to if you're advocating for budgeting and trying to get resources so you can get that one or two help desk or IT support analysts or the um, junior support engineer into the company to help you out, and you, and you have to fight for that because if you don't get the help, you're just going to be, you're going to be working 80, 90 hour weeks, which is totally unfeasible if you're trying to have a life and uh, you have children or you're in, the, you're in the middle of trying to um, go to school, whatever it is, it, you, you do have to work very closely with the business side to make sure you get the resources you need so you're not killing yourself at this job. Gotcha. So that's the, that's the, I guess, I don't know if I say dilemma, it's not really a dilemma, but that, that's the problem, right? You're, you're there treading water, you're drinking water from the fire hose, you know the problems, you know the issues, and you need to fix, you need to have a strategy. You basically need to come up with a strategic approach to IT so that you're not constantly um, reacting to problems, right? From, from that perspective, where, how does someone that's kind of floundering in that situation because I know myself I know from an outside perspective and I come into a lot of organizations and I look at it and they've just been there getting beat over the head for for years so it's kind of hard to see and I can look at the place right away and I can say hey well let's take a look at where all your money is being spent let's take a look at where we can save money and now let's take a look at where we can renegotiate stuff let's take a look at where we can donate things and get a tax write-off Let's take a look at where we can get free trials on XYZ for a while to test something and get a proof of concept. 
And now let's take a look, let's put all that together into a plan and let's take a look at how we can relieve, uh, you know, a typical issues that you're dealing with on a daily basis. If it's email, it might be a migration to 365, right? If it's, um, you know, I, I guess my point is, is a lot of times they don't have time to do that and to put together a business plan or a business case to take to the person that looks at you like a utility and that you're just doing your general job description, right? And mm-hmm. be able to sell a business case to not really just get you what you want, but really it, it's going to relieve a lot of pressure, but it's also going to make the business produce better. You're going to be more productive. You may even save on a heck of a lot of labor that the, the ROI on these things is, is huge. There's, there's hard costs and soft costs, right? To both. You, you might actually be able to do that, do a heck of a lot more with the same amount of money, right? And then you may actually uh, be more productive to begin with, but a lot of times it's hard for someone to even know where to begin or how to step out. What, do you have any thoughts on that? So my personal thought is um, I, I used to think like that 100%. And I, once I went through and got my MBA, um, and again, I'm not telling everybody in IT management to get a master's in business. But the instance you start thinking outside the box and you go through some standard accounting courses, even reading a few accounting books will help you, is to see that financial trend that you can tackle it and realize that IT is IT, but the financial side of it, the, the instant you can talk numbers and figures and see the ROIs on the, on the objectives that you have, that's when you will be taken seriously in the eyes of management. But at the same time, if you see these issues, don't be scared to put on the big boy shoes and approach and schedule the time to talk about and let the management team know if it is the, if you're who you report to is the CFO or the CEO of the company. So C-level sit down and tell them, listen, we're having issues. I know I need, um, I need X, Y, and Z. And because of this X, Y, and Z, there's going to be a better return on, on the investment, not just on me, but on the product and on the design and on the infrastructure of the company. So making sure you're setting those goals very clearly and you're, and you're constantly checking in on checking in with the executives, but as well checking in with your team and yourself to make sure you're on track. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing because like our conversation here has gotten very sidelined, but we have an, a set agenda. You need to follow that agenda to the T, but it's okay to, to strive off of it as long as you find your way back. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I call that getting the golf clubs out. Get the golf clubs out. Go have some conversation. If that's, if that's the term you want to use, go ahead. <laughs> I know. Mine are sitting here in the corner. I, I would actually have to dust them off. Um, but uh, I, and I just haven't played golf in, in like well over a year. Um, maybe it's because I have seven kids and it takes four hours to play 18 holes of golf. But um, yeah, that's been a great conversation. What else, what else you got? Any other I mean, if you had one message to deliver to, you know, IT directors out there, um, even even teams, possibly even, you know, IT directors in teams, other My. companies looking for, you know, like looking to maybe beef up their IT department or or do more with, you know, make it more productive, what would you have to say? What's that message? So that, that, that uh, my message, um, I'm a huge advocate for teach and learn from the team. So I would say if you have someone who's a potential candidate for management in your team, give them a little extra TLC, some extra love and care. Um, 
because they could be the, your replacement or they could be the next growth, the next growth spurt for the company. If that means you're going globally or you're going uh, continentally large to manage another office, um, realize that you have that internal resource that isn't looked at that much. But as well, I would always recommend that training, 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 keep your avenues open. If you do have a team and you see that there is something with telco or there's something with networking and you're using an outside vendor to do all your management, don't hesitate to pair up that one person who you know who has a passion for networking to learn more about it and to possibly start being the liaison instead of you. Uh, that mm. will help relieve your stress, but it as well will help grow that individual employee's portfolio and knowledge base because you may end up having the next, um, the next net, best network engineer in your whole company and he's just sitting there. All he needs is a push and some extra love to to say it's possible. That's that's a great message, and I've seen that a lot. And I've seen uh, when I ask some <clears throat> team members what they think of their IT director and why he's so successful, they always say he pushes me to learn more. He puts me on projects that are not above my head, but I don't have full experience with, so that I can learn from that, and lets me, you know, and lets me learn lets me learn from that doesn't just stand over my shoulder telling me what to do actually lets me learn even make even make you know mistakes that aren't detrimental right with you know with guidance mm -hmm. um but i've seen whole teams look up to their leader because a he was developing them and without without fear of losing an employee to somewhere else no definitely it, it's the same way when if you look at some of the most uh some of the best statistics out there about leadership or what they say about leaders. There are people who are bosses and leaders. There's a big difference between the two, how you nurture and cherish a team compared towards how you're commanding and pushing a team. So there's, there's a different, huge different aspects in IT. If you want the best results, you have to be more of a leader than a manager or than a boss and telling you what to do, you need to show them how to do it. And that's how you grow your asset, the asset, which is your employees in the IT department because the, the head is usually a generalist. He has had experience with every little pit, bit and piece, but he's keeping it all tied together, but he needs the help, but he has no problem mentoring those um, individuals in the department to get the resources they need in order, in order for them to be an expert in that uh, industry. I can quote one of my professors uh, from, from uni, and he, um, this is Professor Pony, uh, Pontelski. Um, IT, there are no experts. You cannot be an expert of all of IT, but you can be an expert of your own silo. Hmm. And so management needs to realize they cannot be an expert of all of IT. They can only be a generalist and help build those silos of a network or sysops or net op, um, systems operations or if it's regional operations or if it's just development you have those experts in just that one area but they cannot they then can become generalists but if they if their passion is in java let them do their thing in java if they are a person for cisco networking let them be the professional in cisco networking that's interesting you mentioned silos because i've got a podcast coming up with bill Kleiman, who talks a lot about silos, he's actually really not a fan of silos, but I think it's the same, it's the same concept that you're talking about is not everyone can exist on their own island, right? There has to be 
someone bringing them all together. Everyone has to work together and everyone can help even cross train each other. But like you said, all of these successful IT directors that I've seen are generalists. They know a little bit here, they know a little bit there, and they're not afraid to say, you know, to pull in their team member that's in charge of uh, whatever, the wider area network and, and the firewalls and say, hey, what are we gonna do here? You know, what do we have here? How's this gonna work like this? It's a, it's a great point. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And no, anytime. Yeah, and if there's anyone out there that's that wants to get a hold of you, are you, are you okay with them reaching out to you on LinkedIn? Yep, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Follow me, add me. They can follow me on Twitter, which is um, at my last name. They can um, um, they can find me on mylastname.com or at techsmarts.net. That is um, where I'm posting a lot of my knowledge base articles. It's still in development. Um, but then on top of that, if you guys have, if you want to book any time to talk with me, um, I do have around my LinkedIn page a, um, uh, a Cal um, Calendly uh, site that people can book time just to chat with me. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, Felix Gorovodsky. Thanks, man. Have a great day.